Welcome to the Asylum. And now, your hosts, Rick Flieger and Rick Briggs. That's right. Welcome back to the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show. Now a proud member of the Full-Time Fantasy Podcast Network. Check out this and countless other great fantasy sports podcasts at fulltimefantasy.com. On the tweeters, at Full-Time Fantasy. And, of course, you can follow your boys at AsylumFantasySports.com, at AsylumFootball on Twitter. And, of course, you can be part of the mailbag on Friday, AsylumFootball at gmail.com. Rick, week two is in the books, and I feel like I know less now than I did going into week one and back out of week one. What a mess week two was. It really was. We are Fligger and Briggs. Welcome to the Asylum Sports Show on the Full-Time Fantasy Podcast Network. And you're absolutely right, Rick. I mean, quarterbacks are dropping like flies. There's only one sure thing that I know of right now is the Miami Dolphins stink. Yeah, yeah they ought to be relegated if and, we could do that. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. But... um I tell you what, it is a mess in the quarterback world, especially playing fantasy football. Yeah, I mean, if you'd have told me three weeks ago that at this point there would be no Ben Roethlisberger, no Drew Brees, no Eli Manning, you could still throw him in there, no Nick Foles, who am I missing? It feels like there's eight other ones. I think that's oh, Cam everybody. Cam Newton. Cam Newton in, this, probably in, a, in a walking boot. It's um, This yeah. is awful for the league. <laughs> it really is. It's terrible for fantasy football, and I think that's probably where most of our focus is going to be the next couple of days. And one of the leagues that I'm in is a two-quarterback league, and I walked out of the draft thinking, okay, I'm set. I have Drew Brees and Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, no. Are you one of the <laughs> unfortunate ones <laughs> yes, who have I both? Yes, I am. I had both of them in my, and, um, you know, pardon me. I figured, well, Kirk Cousins can fill in on a bye week. He is now my primary starter, believe it or not. And I actually. (laughs) That's not good. No, it's not. And I actually did pick up, I think, Case Keenum off of waivers. Um, Is that the one I'm in with you? Yeah. I might be able to help you out with that. We'll, we'll meet up after the show. I mean, we might be able to work something out. So, uh, well, let's get into it, Rick. Obviously, Ben Roethlisberger gone for the season, elbow surgery. Where are the Steelers at? Where is that Steelers offense at with Mason Rudolph? I'm not sure. I, I really don't. I'm where, actually kind of excited. Where I'm excited, too. Steelers I was fan? just going to say, where were they with Ben Roethlisberger the right. first two weeks? And... Mason Rudolph acquitted himself quite well against Seattle. The defense blew that football game. Right. And the interception that he did throw certainly wasn't Mason Rudolph's fault. Dante Dante Stonehands. He he ought to be arrested at this point, I would think. Oh. Just jail him. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he doesn't even make... The start sits. He is a, he is a drop. Yeah, he, I mean, he's a in prison. That's a fourth category <laughs> right. we didn't know about. Start, sit, drop, and in prison, and that's where he <laughs> falls. Good lord. Yeah, I and but no, I'm I'm kind of excited as well. Um, I don't really know really what else to say about this. Everything that I've seen in Mason Rudolph in the preseason and in that um, game against Seattle. He looked like he has command of the offense. He looks like he has confidence. He has a good arm. He has good pocket presence. I don't know what's going to happen with this offense, but I'm hoping that the Fitzpatrick pickup on defense is going to solidify that defense so they're not blowing away football games. Yeah, so I think that's the biggest point. Through six quarters, even before – 
he Roethlisberger was grabbing at his elbow late in the second quarter of that game. I found myself sitting there wondering, you know, most guys not named Tom Brady and, and Drew Brees to a degree, and we'll, we'll get to him soon enough, when they hit that wall, even when Peyton Manning hit the wall, it was just sort of all of a sudden. He wasn't that guy anymore. Now, Manning's a bad example because he still managed to win a Super Bowl with that, but it wasn't because of Peyton Manning. No, I mean, he was throwing lame ducks out there that they just happened to catch. I found myself sitting there wondering, has Ben Roethlisberger hit it, or was it just the lack of practice and lack of preseason, and was he going to find it in a couple of weeks? I had a legitimate concern there already. Maybe he wasn't held. Maybe there was elbow issues we didn't know about. I don't know. But I, I think when you look at it, I don't think this changes much for the running game. It, it, it hasn't been good. It, it's got to get better. I think you're going to see, you know, James Conner dealing with a knee issue at this point in the week. I don't. He says he's going to be fine. We haven't really heard anything from the Steelers at this point. You know, Vance McDonald. It's great for at least you know coming out of what we saw in the second half. I think it has to be good for James Washington, right? What they did together in college, what they did together in this preseason, where kind of all the James Washington hype that came up, right, was when Mason Rudolph was in the game, and it seemed for whatever reason Ben Roethlisberger, if it was Juju double covered, Ryan Switzer double covered, and Eli Rogers double covered. I don't think he's on the roster right now. No. And Washington running 45 yards downfield all alone, Roethlisberger would look him off. He I had know. no trust with him. There was something there. So I think maybe all those guys, you being one of them, who predicted a big year or a big leap for James Washington this year, I mean, if he wasn't already rostered, I think he was in most places. This is your top waiver wire pickup coming and out of this And if I'm Pittsburgh – Moncrief would be off the team, and yeah, I'd bring of, Eli Rogers bro, back yeah. in. He can catch the football get, at least. Get rid of Switzer, too. And Although, get rid of Switzer. I, you know, if he's we, not going to be returning punts. He's got no business on this No, team. 14 catches for three yards. I mean, this is ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, it, And, it, oh, catch by Switzer. Whoop, he fell over. I, I mean, it's it's terrible. And, and there was I know an unhealthy obsession of him by Ben Roethlisberger. Yes. So this is real yes. bad news. And it's not if anybody's fantasy team, but really bad news for Ryan Switzer. I agree. And um, So and you, you bring up Minka Fitzpatrick. Are you surprised at all? And we'll get outside of fantasy here a little bit. Are you surprised at all the narrative, both nationally but specifically here in western Pennsylvania, of how – ridiculous of a trade this is giving up that first round pick right after Roethlisberger goes out and looking for his replacement and giving up what could be a top 10 pick I, I've been stunned by this I'm not because it doesn't really much matter uh, they never make any they never trade up to get anybody <laughs> right. they never trade and they never make deals in free agency blah blah blah, blah. and then they make a deal to get Devin Bush um, now they've made a deal and brought in Fitzpatrick, try to solidify that defense. They brought in Steven Nelson off a, of, you know, off a of free agency in the right. off season. Well, you know, what are they doing? You know, Steven Nelson, he's not that good. Well, he's in top <laughs> twenty in coverage. Okay, then then they got Devin Bush in, and, and like like you say, now all of a sudden this this is terrible deal, Fitzpatrick. You know, what if Mason Rudolph stinks? Well, what if your first round draft 
choice stinks Which, next year. We right. got a number one pick right. that Miami's picking up the bonus for, and we can play right now. Yeah, I mean, how bad can that be? I mean, yeah, exactly. Rewind yourself to last year and say the Pittsburgh Steelers with the tenth pick in the draft, or do it in twenty twenty with the tenth pick in the draft. The pitch is, is essentially what happens. The Pittsburgh Steelers select Minka Fitzpatrick. Minka Fitzpatrick is already signed, has a $5 million cap hit over the four or five right. years of his deal. And, oh, yeah, we didn't mention he's the one guy in this draft with a year of NFL experience, and he's been really, really good, so we know he's not a bust. Hell, yeah. It's, it's, it's absurd, this notion that, first of all, I don't think they go 4-12. and 12. I think this is a 7-9, and 8-8. Eight and eight. Maybe if Rudolph hits, it's a 9-7 and seven right. type of team. So you're still going to be picking, you know, 16-22 to 22 anyhow. Second. Secondly, how often do these top 10 quarterbacks hit and be ready to step in? Plus, and I don't know why, but I believe him, Ben Roethlisberger's saying, I'm going to be back. I signed a three-year deal. I'm going to play him out. So if Mason Rudolph doesn't work out, you get a presumably healthy Ben Roethlisberger back coming off a year of rest on his body, and you got Minka Fitzpatrick in that secondary. It's already the best first-round pick of the 2020 draft, and it's going to be hard for anybody to supplant that. And Mason Rudolph is not going to stink. No, I'm, I'm not be, saying. I, I'm not saying he's going to. I mean, he's a easily Jacoby Brissett yeah, numbers. I think that's his floor, Jacoby Something Brissett, like, and you don't know what his exactly, ceiling is. You have no idea what the ceiling is. I agree. I'm, I'm kind of excited about it. I mean, it's just these draft nicks. Everybody, shut up. Where where your fourth round, you know, the 18th pick in the fourth round is more valuable than Joe Namath in his prime. That, that's right. all this is, right? And Brian Clark, he can shut up too. He's just out there <laughs> yapping all the time. Uh, yeah, and we'll get into one of my rants later. But oh, uh, oh yeah. did I did I scoop a little bit? No, there, no, uh uh-uh. right? no, you didn't. But you just brought up somebody that reminded me of no. it. So. All right. So, so moving on, Drew Brees out six to eight week, weeks uh, at least. We, we don't really have a firm timeline, but that's what they're guessing. Ligament damage in his thumb had surgery today. I think this is a bigger deal than Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, that's a huge deal. I mean, New Orleans has gone from a division favorite, a Super Bowl contender, to uh, we don't have any idea. Teddy Bridgewater's no good. I, well, they're I'm not sorry. even naming him the starter. <laughs> That's just so, game playing. Are we really going to hand the keys to Taysom Hill? I can't imagine Seriously? they would. They'll keep running absurd but, packages uh, for him. <laughs> and actually, it helps in this scenario when you don't have Drew Brees. It's absurd when Drew Brees is there. Right. You got first to go with the five. You got Drew Brees with Alvin Kamara standing beside him, and Taysom Hill's flopping around in the back <laughs> backfield. I don't understand any of that nonsense. But Teddy Bridgewater, God bless him. Great comeback story. All of this stuff, but. It, <laughs> He stinks. He's just he's not that good. No. I, I, I agree with you. Um don't know how how it's gonna progress. If he'll maybe, you know, get better, get a little more comfortable, get a little sh- more sure of himself. It's been a while, I understand that. But I, I tend to agree. I think uh the Saints are plummeting. You know who I think's the biggest loser in this, Rick, is Alvin Kamara. I think Michael Thomas Look, it's going to be a temper your expectations, but a guy with that catch radius, that good of a receiver, he'll be fine. He's going to be worth what you paid for him. But Alvin Kamara, you take away the specter of any type of passing game, plus all this nonsense they're going to do with Taysom Hill. Sure. It's going to be tough sledding running the ball for him. Well, you have and, a, what, a 1-1-1-4 one, one one 
draft pick in Kamara. Right. And you have probably, what, one. 10 to 2 1 right, in, the in, turn in, there, so. in Thomas, excuse me. Yeah, Thomas is going to be, at least on the surface, I think is going to be well worth that much more than Kamara will be for yeah. what you paid for him. Yeah, I just think you take away kind of the exotic things you can do to get the ball with Kamara in space. No fear of Teddy Bridgewater from defenses. I think that's where it's really, really good. Unless they've got some magical thing with Taysom Hill and Kamara. I don't know. I have no – I hate this Taysom Hill thing. Daniel Jones getting his first start for the Giants. Rick, Eli, done apparently for the year. Not much to talk about from a fantasy standpoint there. It's going to be a wait and see. You know what we've talked all offseason, how hard I'm rooting for Daniel Jones, just the way those troglodytes in New York and the draft Knicks treated him. So I'm rooting for him big. It's going to be a struggle. I think he's going to be fine. Who's Eli Manning to you? That's what one of my – things that bothered me today was was, (laughs) one of your many was Eli Manning of course on Twitter it comes up you know is Eli man you know assuming Eli Manning is just totally done where he came out with a perfect quote today you know I'm not dying and and the season isn't over yet but is Eli Manning Hall of Fame worthy? And of course, they come out, you know, damn the two Super Bowl wins. He's terrible. He's played horrible the last five or six years. He's miserable. He's this. He's that. He's nothing. Blah, blah, blah. And it kept coming and coming. You know, he, he's been horrible and just ridiculous the last few years and this, that, and the other. And I got to thinking. Okay, we've we've been on doing this show for what ten years, and feels of course, like forty. Eli's been part of it the entire time, and we've always had the same, basically the same thing for Eli. You got good Eli, you have bad Eli, right. but you know about what you're going to get. He's a veteran quarterback. Well, anyway, they, they kind of stuck to me. This, this he's just been miserable the last five or six years. He doesn't deserve it, and this, that, and the other. So I did a little little research, and in 2005 to 2009, which is a five-year stint, I did five, four in the last five, so that's how many years we have. It doesn't include 2019. He was, I won't give you the total yards or whatever, but he had 58% completion rate, 119 touchdowns, 79 picks. His record was 49-31. and he had an 81.3 QBR in 05 to 09. In 10 to 13, he had a 60% completion rate, 104 touchdowns, 83 picks. His record was 35 and 29. His QBR was 83.7. Now, in the last five years, not including 2019, these two games, he has a 63% completion rate. He has 131 touchdowns and only 68 picks. He has an 88.9 completion rating, or I mean, excuse me, quarterback rating, and his record is 31 and 48. All his stats are better. His record has tanked. Now you go back to 2005 and six. They had Tiki Barber. 2006 to 2011, they had Brandon Jacobs. 2007 to 12, they added Ahmad Bradshaw. You remember those oh, years? Yeah. 
From 2011 to 13, they had Andre Brown. From 2014 <laughs> to 2016, they had Rashad Jennings. The defense sucked. Right. <laughs> In 2005 to 2011, the Giants' defense were no worse than 19th. 19th was the worst in all those years. 12th was the next, and then they were above that all those other years. Since then, they have never been better than 22nd. <laughs> but it's and all yet Eli's it's all fault. Eli's fault. His stats are better. He's got, until Barkley, he's had no run game for virtually, what, seven years. Right. The The record's 31 and 48, which put him to an even 500 record over his over the last 15 years, whatever it is, and it's all his fault. Shut up! <laughs> yeah, th- isn't- I mean, this isn't some... This isn't some you know propaganda to get him to the hall like I'm an Eli lover, but this is ridiculous. The vitriol they come out with Daniel Jones, Eli's our man, Eli, and now he's so horrible. Right? They don't they don't even want to see him go to the hall because he's miserable. Here here's what I don't get with this, and it's actually infuriating. Does he have Hall of Fame credentials? You know what? I don't know because quarterback numbers and offensive numbers, you know, starting in this era in the 2000s are so inflated. I don't know what the criteria is going to be. What it's, But if you're a New York Giants fan, if you're an NFL fan, here is a man with the last name of Manning. So you have that legacy. Okay. Won two Super Bowls, one of them against an undefeated New England, both of them both against, of New, them England against New England Patriots teams, but one of them against an undefeated Patriots team. Kept them in contention, to your point, for the last seven or eight years have put absolutely nothing around him. And the the dismissive, look, look, I get it. Oh. You know, we said at the top of this, you know, with Ben Roethlisberger, I'm kind of excited to see what happens right. with Mason Rudolph. And this scenario could play out in Pittsburgh. It's already playing out a little bit, just on the, the Twitter monsters, yeah. you know, but... You know, that Mason Rudolph comes out and does what Ben Roethlisberger did his rookie year when Tommy Maddox went down, and we're having that debate. And there is going to be a segment they're saying, yeah, Ben Roethlisberger stinks. He's been getting worse. He's always kind of stunk, and he got lucky yeah. in the defenses. No, he won two Super Bowls. Guess what? Eli won two Super Eli was a great quarterback. Yes, his career is done. Yes, I think Daniel Jones is the best option for this team. This team isn't going to win five games, so it makes sense to make the move now. But how about this? Say, thank you, Eli. Thank you, thank you, thank you for these two Lombardi trophies that that we have pissed all over ever since by putting nothing else around you and taking it for granted rather than putting it back on him, mocking his career, minimizing all his accomplishments. You New York Giants fans, I hope you go 2-14 for the rest (laughs) of infinity. I hope that stupid stadium, because the Jets suck too, falls into the that Hudson River, or whatever, it just shut up. And that this was, is unbelievable. And that was more that came out. You know, uh, you know. Then somebody will come up. Well, he does have two Super Bowl titles. That doesn't matter. These ass hats put Joe Namath in. Blah blah. You know what? It's the Hall of Fame, right? Joe frickin' Namath was the Arnold Palmer of the NFL in the late 60s. If it wasn't for Joe Namath and some of these other guys... None of this would be here. Exactly. And and you can't compare stats. And I get that, that'll lead to another rant that I have later on, too, because I am sick of these petulant children. <laughs> if they don't remember something, it's terrible. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and I can't stand it. 
And it, it's just, why can't we, I don't know why it has to be, it's, it's typical of our political culture now, it's social media culture is what it is. Everything has to be in absolutes, you know. Well, yeah, so he did all that, but it was eight, ten years ago, and what, these sucked these last five years, which I think you've proven he hasn't, but let's even accept that. He hasn't been as good these last the five. teams haven't well, absolutely well, that's it but all right and you're throwing the freaking sterling shepherd and some other bum instead of a monty <laughs> yeah. tumor and ike hilliard or whoever they are you know but I, I i don't know i don't i don't get it but you know let's go ahead and pin these last five years on eli manning fine if you want to do that you can't just discount what he had accomplished to that point what he meant to that franchise winning those super bowls i just i i flat and look and of course in the last five years his skills have declined maybe his numbers haven't but i think we reasonable people can agree his skills have declined i can name you two people two people Barry Sanders and Jim Brown are the only people I can remember that retired at the peak of their powers. Otherwise, everybody else had to start sucking or be so injured that they walked away. Those are the only two scenarios other than those two guys that an NFL player. So you can't take every guy who has to retire because his skills diminish when he's pressing 40 and throw out every accomplishment he had up until that point. That is absurd. That's social media millennial horse crap that continues to go on. Whether the Hall of Fame, I think that's a good debate. And maybe in the offseason we can have sure. that debate. But to say what's being and said what, about this. What man. would have happened? What would have happened, say, no, oh, I don't know, I don't even win the last Super Bowl the Giants had. What was that? 15, 13? I, I don't even remember it's now. It's been a long time. But what if Eli says, you know, man, that's two Super Bowls? Thanks, everybody. I'm oh, out of he here. Oh, quit on his team. What are you doing? He's a loser. What, you do- we, well, what, we already heard it with Andrew Luck, didn't right, we? exactly. So it, it, it's these animals on social media. They ought to ban Twitter. I've had it. So let's go through these rapid fire, Rick. we we got to get through these tonight here quick. Deshaun Jackson expected to miss two games with a groin. Alshon Jeffrey uh, questionable with a calf strain. Big questions in uh, Philadelphia right now at the wide receiver position. Oh, there's no doubt about that, but none more than there is in New York. Right. right. And, and Brian Baldinger, I, I'm still on this thing. Brian Baldinger put a thing out here. He goes, quit harping on Eli. The 0 and 2 isn't his fault. And he had this montage of like <laughs> eight passes dead on the freaking money, bouncing off these clowns well, like they couldn't, like they were all Dante Moncrief. <laughs> it all comes back to Moncrief. Uh, Michael Gallup out two to four weeks, uh, had his uh, meniscus trimmed up, and Damian Williams and LaShawn McCoy, Williams with a knee, McCoy with uh, ankle, question marks for week three. So maybe, maybe after that terrible LaShawn McCoy signing for fantasy owners, Darwin Thompson gives everybody one week of uh, yeah. what they were hoping for. Yeah. So uh, more to come on that. All right, let's get into it, Rick. Week two takeaways. What, what did Rick Briggs walk out of week two? Okay, the first thing I walked out of was a mystery. When does getting your run game on track throw off the passing game? I don't, unless you're the Minnesota Vikings, I don't know. <laughs> because, <laughs> because, I mean, that that's, I just can't, everything Delvin Cook has done through two weeks has lived up to and exceeded oh, what you expected for him. Far right? exceeded. You know, Cousins... Even though he's been known to come up pretty small in big games, he's always been able to throw up numbers. Right. And, and he still has Thielen. He still has Diggs, Rudolph, all the tools that are there. And 
he's 22 of 42, 328 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. He's got to get on track if he if he's capable of doing so, or this season's going to get out of control quick, it, I think. That's what I can't figure with him. He was always a Tony Romo-like figure to me right? in that, you know, he's putting up big numbers. You know he's going to gag it away or do something stupid in the fourth quarter when it really matters or in a big game. I, I still think of that game where the Redskins went up to New York in week 17. Was it three years ago? Maybe more now. Something like that, yeah. Where all they had to do was win. The Giants were already in, benched all their starters, and Kirk Cousins managed to throw 17 interceptions, <laughs> and they still <laughs> lost. So this is he's a loser, and why they gave him that much money. But usually, statistically, and then you give him Thielen, and everything Thielen did last season, and, and Diggs, you know, he looked healthy in week two. And now you get the running game going. And he's worse. The numbers are terrible. And, and the the interception he threw in the fourth quarter was probably the most ridiculous interception yeah. of his career. And that's saying something. That was as bad They're, as Brett Favre's across the field in the right. playoffs. Yeah. What was it? Against the Saints, yeah. I believe. It was. I mean, it just totally uncalled for and ridiculous. Yeah. Minnesota's going to regret that deal. I, I think that's going to set them back. He, he's just not that dude. All right, my first one, Rick, I feel like we can do this every week, but boy, it really has shown through two weeks of this year. The officiating in the National (laughs) Football League has just reached absurd, ridiculous, stinking levels. I don't I don't even care about the Saints getting jobbed again. You know what? The Saints fans, this is your fault. All your whining and crying and picketing and suing and nonsense. You can all shut up. And you brought this ridiculous PI review into the purview of the National Football League. And Al Riveron and all his lackeys and these idiots on the field have no idea how to apply this, no idea what to do with it. Let's even take that out. Let's take that out as a one-year anomaly where I hope they realize how what a failed experiment this is and it goes away trying to objectively look at a completely subjective call holding penalties are up 66 percent rick i'll say that number again 66 percent per game over two games you know it's funny you mentioned that Rick, oh. because i did some research on that have i taken well. both of your rants in the first 15 no, minutes is, of the show this isn't a rant and i was just trying to add on to you and i will let you go back to it but compare Four years ago, just four measly years four ago, 2015, years ago. there were a total of 4,327 flags thrown in the football season for a total of 31,275 yards. Okay. Write that down. 31,275. Okay. In the first two weeks... There have been 622 flags thrown for a total of 4,182 yards. Bear in mind, some of these flags were declined. But it's 9.72 penalties per team per game. And for a 16-game season, that would equate to 9,952 flags. Forget this, (laughs) 66,912 yards. It's it, it it's it's ridiculous. It, it's completely unwatchable. There is no big play unless Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes make it. That's not coming back again. I've said this on the show before. Kick returns. You know, just take kickoffs out. Punt returns. Here's what you do. You put a rush in. You don't have anybody back. 
They kick. Wherever the ball lands, you take it half the distance to the goal from there because there will be a hole or a block in the back, and that's where you start. You want player safety? Unless it goes out of bounds. Then we'll give it there. If you want player safety, that's what you do. You let them try to block it, kick it wherever it stops moving, half the distance to the goal from there, and off we go. It's it's gotten so and there's no rhyme or reason to That Bradley Chubb call and that roughing the passer, are you freaking so many calls that impact the end of the game that just awful just awful Chicago had no business winning that football game no the ball was still in Trubisky's hand <laughs> just oh it's it's so frustrating I think you I, I honestly am starting to Calm believe. Calm down. I'm, I'm worked up. I'm honestly starting to believe this. this is like you know Rome fell eventually, right? Nobody yeah. thought it would fall until it fell. I'm sitting there last week and I'm watching this flag fest and I'm watching all this nonsense going on. I'm watching all the top quarterbacks go down. That's not necessarily the league's fault. I'm watching Antonio Brown with everything I know going on, catching touchdowns and dancing down in Miami. And boy, you see this and you just think, how much longer can this really be sustainable? This, this air, it's eating itself from the inside where it's almost becoming a prisoner of your own fame. This has become such a big deal. Sure. Everything's so highly scrutinized. And then you kowtow to the social media mob about the officiating and you officiate it tighter and you add more in these games. Are and just, now it's, it's already getting to the point, I don't want to play here anymore, trade me. Well, the, and, that and, they, and they do, you know. Instead of saying "buck up there, bucko," or "you're sitting on the pine," or "you won't get paid," or whatever, you know. I mean, uh, that was my second one. So, so I'll, we'll jump I'm right in. Yours. Well, we'll <laughs> jump right into that. I don't ever remember this, or you'd it's, hear it's it. It's crazy. Th- this trade deadline is going to look like the freaking NHL I mean, trade deadline. We call deadline ourselves the asylum, but that NFL asylum is starting to be run by the inmates, it really is. as well as social media. Well, and that's what kind of the takeaway is long term. This new CBA they're supposedly working on. I don't know what we're. We better start paying attention to tennis or the WNBA or something because we're going to be doing a podcast on something else. That's yeah. going to be a long one. Maybe the players do need to take some power back. I now, don't are they know. negotiating that now? They, that's what they claim. Are agents involved in this at all, or what? I don't. I I, I, I don't know. Probably not an official capacity. Probably for the player yeah. reps, they're getting. Yeah, I don't know. How, I don't know yeah. how. But this is going to be a long one because you see, maybe rightly so, maybe wrong. I don't know. But the players have finally stood up and said, "Enough. We're going to start controlling our own destiny yeah. <laughs> right now." And the owners are circling the wagons even more with it. I steal this from Michael Wilbon on PTI. The plantation mentality. The NFL. You got a war a brewing, and it's not just about money and retirement benefits and kind of the traditional things of the past if you're free agency this is an entire culture shift going on sure I don't know how you resolve that between you know a bunch of 24 year old millennial millionaires and a bunch of 85 year old billionaires I don't know how this ever gets resolved I don't either quite frankly I tell you what another takeaway that I have more I guess on a more positive note is I'm starting to believe in Jimmy Garoppolo again yeah, good. Uh, you know, this 49er offense turned it on against Cincinnati, albeit that's not a huge deal in the fact that it was a Bengals. But, you know, they put up around 250 yards rushing in a really nice balance attack. Garoppolo went, what, 17-25 for 297, three touchdowns, one pick. He got some of his swag back, swag back I think, and I think the concern for that knee – 
isn't there anymore. I think the confidence is back yeah. to the old Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm really starting to believe that this team could be dangerous. Yeah, sitting at 2-0. and I mean, it's not like they beat the 85 no. Bears and the 2,000 Rams, but you went on the road. You start out 2-0 and on the road. You know, and I honestly thought, I believed I picked Cincinnati outright. I didn't like that, you know, San Francisco staying in Youngstown right. for a week. You know, apparently that was the right decision. Although I don't think it's ever a good decision to stay in Youngstown for any <laughs> period of time. If you're not from the area, you don't understand that. But trust <laughs> us on this one. But yet you get two wins on the road. I don't care who you played. You see a nice progression week one to week two. You go back home against the Steelers team who hates to tackle people and with a with a new quarterback, you know, right. good chance to go three and zero. Yeah, they're looking good. Uh, kind of the last one for me. Is it time to be concerned after two weeks about the usage? Of some player, you know, we talk about the numbers, and we're about to do that with game balls and stinky socks. But when I see how little Carry On Johnson, David Johnson, even Todd Gurley to a degree, Duke Johnson, you know, all the Johnsons specifically, <laughs> how little they're being used. You know, if somebody struggles at the beginning to say it's two weeks, the team's feeling it out, new offensive lineman, new scheme, this, that. I'll always explain that away. When I, when I see David Johnson barely touching the ball, when I see right. carry on Johnson off the field half the time, every time he touches the ball, you can almost understand where all that hype came from in the offseason. I've really paid attention to him through these two games. Kid's electric when he gets the ball in his hands, but he's on the sideline with his hat in his hand 60% of the game. And and it's not nothing that should surprise us. I mean, we caught it. It's Detroit. That's, mm-hmm. for some reason, since Barry Sanders, they do not dedicate. No, they don't want to. They Apparently not. And I really don't know where this um, mentality comes from from some teams. Now, I can understand, oh, you know, you go back to the, the Ingram Kamara. I mean, two fine, oh, right. two yeah. fine backs, and, and they ran, and and they both had you know plenty of reps, plenty of carries, and so forth. But I don't understand the um, like you said with Gert. Well, with the knee with Gurley, maybe. Right, but Johnson yeah. really makes no sense. On, David on the Johnson's That's the what one. I mean. Yeah. You know, you bring in Kingsbury, big offensive mind. You got a toy, the likes of David Johnson. You get him the ball in space and everything you know he can do. And all he is an extra tight end. He's just another blocker. I mean, that's the one I really don't understand. And, boy, how help. As good as Kyler Murray's been starting out, and he has more than surpassed my expectations through two games. And you're not even using the best weapon on that team outside of Kyler Murray. That no. that one scares the and hell out of me. You think you go through preseason, you know, training camp, and then the preseason games. Tampa Bay comes to mind. Why in the hell was Ronald Jones in in the game, the games as much as he was to start with? Right. I mean, he's he's far and away inferior to Peyton Barber as an all round player. And I don't think he's as good a ball handler, runner as uh, what is it, Oaken, Ogum, Oogly Boogly. Back to that, if for old asylum, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the old Oogly Boogly. But I just don't have any idea why the, this kind of committee stuff seems to come through all the time. Yeah, I mean, I it, just, it makes no sense and to it me. It seems to be on struggling offenses. You know, <laughs> is really where I see it. So it is. Ogun Buwali. Like I Dare said. Dare Ogun Buwali. Like I said, yeah. oogly boogly. All right, you got any more records? <laughs> nope, time that's for balls it, man. And song. All right, well, it's time. Does that seem a little quiet to you? A little bit. Game balls and stinky socks. I'll let you start this show. 
All right. Um. Pat Mahomes. <laughs> I'm sorry. Can we take him for granted almost. Uh, you know, what can you t- what can you do? 30 of 44, 443 yards, four touchdowns, no mm, picks. Most of it in one quarter. <sighs> yeah. yeah That's know. a ho hum day. Yeah, exactly. No, but I mean, this guy, yeah, yeah, you talk about regression. He has regressed from super duper elite status to super elite status. I don't know. I mean, it's right, about all there is. No regret. I mean, that, that was one other takeaway I had jotted down in the margins here if we had more time to kill. I mean, the AFC's over, right? It's the patch of the Chiefs. There, there's nobody else can sneak up into that thing. I can't. A lot of, lot of hype on Baltimore. I'm not buying no. that. Um, the Chargers. They're just too banged up. Every well, week another up, guy on defense is out. Oh, they had that game in hand last week. They had two touchdowns called back. They had missed field goals. They missed the penalties. It, uh, if they stop self-imploding, they still have a shot. But is them as an outside shot? Yeah. I mean, other than that, it's New England and freaking Kansas City. Yeah, it's pretty much over. I'll stay at the quarterback position, Rick. I, I think we got to tip the hat. You know, I wanted to see the follow-up Lamar Jackson. You know, it wasn't 9,000 yes, yards and 18 touchdowns like he did against Miami, and I tended to discount it. It what, 270 pass yards, two touchdowns, another 120 yards rushing. That's kind of what you expected for Lamar Jackson. Again, not the 85 Bears. He keeps stepping up. What a game this is going to be this week for Baltimore and Kansas City. That, yeah. That's what I'm really looking forward to. I think short-term Lamar Jackson is the real deal. And I, I, I say short-term. I just feel like we've seen this before, right? And, and the league's going to catch up to this. It feels very much like Colin Kaepernick is what it feels like. Kind of came in with that RPO. It was kind of a new deal. And throwing the ball and could run the ball. And the league eventually figured him out. And I think Robert Griffin, same thing. You know, I think the same thing could happen. You're starting to see this ascension of Josh Allen. He's a very similar type of player. Right. Going back to Michael Vick, you've seen guys like this have meteoric rises and then and the league tends to figure them out a little bit. But it lasts a year or two, so this might be the year of Lamar Jackson. Exactly. Okay, I'm going, obviously, my favorite category, the stinky sock. And I'm going right now, so far this year, Adam Vinatieri is two for five on point after touchdowns, and he's one for three on field goals. You know, he's a big, stinky, wet, fly-infested, dirty sweat sock buried in an old trunk with rotten onions and dog feces. Oh, wow. That's a rather Adam Benetary, retire or either get it. Get your act together. Oh, yeah, yeah we <laughs> got that. When, boy, when are you going to get your act together? You know... I think he needs to retire, right, before this becomes an Eli Manning situation, right? You look back, it was there two kickers in the hall now, I, I believe? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he's the third when he becomes eligible. Get out now. Greatest kicker career in my lifetime. You know, these other guys, yeah. I was kind of the end of Morton Anderson. You know, greatest of my lifetime. It, it's just, it's over, dude. What is he, 47 he's or something? He's 46 years old. Yeah, it's... It's a shame you hate giving the stinky song, but he's cost them games. He's cost them two games. Yeah. Or one game. Well, one game. He could have cost them a second with his his inability to kick. So, yeah, that's a shame. So, I'm going to give one of these out myself. 
It's got to go your boy Mitch Trubisky again. This is two weeks in a row. 120 pass yards. Wouldn't know the end zone if it jumped up and bit him. Boy, I thought this cat was going to take a step forward. You know, and all the kind of excitement you had around the Bears and the big things you yeah. were going to big things you were going to get out of the running game, the naggy offense. Yeah, 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 exactly the naggy offense and and what we expected for at the wide receiver positions, all the sleepers you had coming out of that. Nobody can succeed because this clown can't find anybody down the field. He's no. just the offensive line hasn't been good. But more so, Mitch Trubisky's been terrible. So put him in that trunk with Adam Vinatieri with the <laughs> onions and all the nonsense. <laughs> okay, you got it. Ball goes to Cooper Cup. Five catches, 120 yards. The stats aren't so much that are really the game ball worthy. But his running and yards after the carry, oh. he looked phenomenal. Coming off that knee He's injury healthy. from last year, <laughs> He's that healthy. cat looks good. And I'll tell you what, that could – I'm really starting to go with you as far as the Rams and the NFC again because um, even though it wasn't that convincing of a win um, because the Saints were kind of depleted with uh, Breeze out, tell you what, man, Cooper Cup looked very good. Well, and that's what you look at this team compared to the team that went to the Super Bowl last year. They're sitting at 2-0. and they're winning football games, managing Todd Gurley. Right. You know, you think with the thought of having him, you know, he basically disappeared in December and obviously in January and in early February. And then you took Cooper Cup off – Cooper – I don't know why I just said it that way. You took Cooper <laughs> Cup off the field at the end of that game. So now you got all these guys healthy. You're managing Todd Gurley. I think last time we talked about him, he was Cooper Coop. Cooper Coop, I kept saying. Yeah, something – he's a blind spot for me. But that, that team's scary. You figure that's a team that got to the Super Bowl last year, mainly without the services of Cupper Coop, as I like to say, and with a way diminished Todd Gurley. If this management of his workload continues to work and Cup keeps on this ascension, look look the hell out. <laughs> and only gave up nine points in the Super Bowl. Right. Well, exactly. You know, so, yeah, I agree. All well, right, where are we at? Ne- positive or negative? Oh, I'm going. Oh, that's right. Yes, there we go. I got a game ball. Chris Godwin, Ricky, you're talking about one yeah, of those, man. you know, preseason, early summer darlings who has worked out eight for 121 and a touchdown. Has at this point completely supplanted Mike Evans as that team's top target. I bring him up more. Look, his numbers are great. We all kind of expected his numbers to be great. What I didn't expect was it to be at the expense of Mike Evans. So we could maybe throw a. To Mike Evans. I kind of threw week one out. He was sick. There was that whole deal going into it. There's no indication of that. Last week, you know, do they become a duo, a dynamic duo, or is Evans and Evans owners, present company included, in trouble as Chris Godwin takes this next step? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I can't see someone like a Mike Evans disappearing for the year, but if he regresses down, you know, into top 20 status right. instead of top five or whatever. Spend a second round pick on him. It, it stings a little bit. You better believe it does. Okay, let's see. We are back to negative, which is what I like. You stink. Dante Moncrew. <laughs> Shock. You had to get <laughs> this him This is there two again. socks in a row. I'll ne- I, won't, I will not give him another one because they should be used. Both these socks should be used to tie him to a bench somewhere. <laughs> And he should never see the field ever again. This guy is horrifying. 
So, so you're advocating using stinky <laughs> socks to tie Dante Moncrief to a bench. Exactly. That, that's brilliant coaching. <laughs> you should be a GM, Rick Briggs GM. So what am I at? I'm at a stinky sock. You bet. I got to give it to Josh Gordon. Boy, you, you wondered what the Antonio Brown impact would be on Je- – I almost said Jeff Gordon. Why do I do <laughs> I don't know. Why do you even try, show? right? Two catches, 19 yards while Antonio Brown's running wild. Look, I don't think Antonio Brown's going to be on the field much longer. This might be good easing Josh Gordon back in, but they're just doing whatever they want on offense, and it isn't going downfield all that often. I think too many people were too excited about Josh Gordon. Look, he's going to have games where he catches six for 140 and two touches. He's going to have just as many of these. He's This is a guy that's going to frustrate you all year, especially if Antonio Brown actually somehow ridiculously makes it through this year unscathed. Right. I agree. Okay, that is – you know, I had a game ball. I mean, there's many games. Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones, but um, – um, I think we're just going to save those because there's so many. Yeah, we got nothing else to talk about. I got plenty to talk about. Oh, well, Mr. go ahead. Let's well, move. we're talking about game balls, but I so mean, I want to give out one more game ball before we move on, if yeah. you don't mind. No, I don't mind. Game ball goes to. We didn't mention him last week, coming out of week one, and he did it again. How about Mark Andrews? Eight catches, 112 yeah. yards, a touchdown. You look at what Lamar Jackson's doing. Here's your primary target, right? Right. <laughs> this guy, you know, we looked at, and I don't remember his name coming up and trying to discuss who was the tight end that could kind of break up that do that trio at the top of of uh, yeah, Kelsey, Kelsey Kittle, and Kittle, Kittle and Ertz, Mark right. Andrews. I mean, this is back to back weeks. He's become a reliable target. He's become a red zone target for Lamar Jackson. If Lamar Jackson, as you know, we've talked about, is going to continue doing what he's doing, Mark Andrews could be that guy. You know, Ertz off to a bit of a slow start. I think he'll be fine, but off to a bit of a slow start. You know, Kittle, I mean, throw all that out because he's going to have 43 catches for 615 yards and seven touchdowns this week through the middle of that Steelers defense. Yeah. But but this, Andrew, this is back-to-back. This is one more week's a trend, and I, I think against that Kansas City defense, that's going to be a good matchup for him there. Yeah, you have to keep an eye on on the tight end situation. You talk about the, the big three with with Kittle, Kelsey, and Ertz. Yeah, right now the top uh, – okay, we'll just run down through two weeks. PPR scoring. Mark Andrews, your boy Evan Ingram. Right. Travis Kelsey, Delaney Walker's back. Walker, mainly on the strength of touchdowns, which is interesting with him. Hawkinson basically riding that on first one week, on that one week. So I'm, I'm not really buying week. him. Right. Vance McDonald's very intriguing, especially right. now with with Mason Rudolph in at quarterback. Then comes Ertz. Then comes another old war horse, Greg Olson, who is – I thought was going to maybe come into his own, but now Cam Newton's hurt. So now yeah. you really it throws everything back in flux again there. But um, yeah, you worry about his ability to stay healthy, and you're more worried uh, about Cam. Newton. I actually worry more this year about Cam Newton. I, I do re- something isn't right there. You you could see it, you know, even in game one, and then then with the health, but something is way well, way off there. Is Big and as physical and powerful as he was, he reminds me. Of course, he hasn't had the torn knee and everything, but he reminds me so much of uh, Dante Culpepper. Big, oh, yeah. strong, can do everything, and, and we loved watching him do everything. But I will tell you what, buddy, when when Culpepper hit that wall, 
It was over. Yeah, it was over. And you just wonder as much of a beating, you know, as he's taken, you know, and you could you can equate it to Ben Roethlisberger, although his career hasn't been anywhere near as long. But I think he's taken more punishment even in that shorter amount of time than Ben Roethlisberger right. did. And I honestly think his body's just breaking down and, and what that does to him mentally, right? You oh. know, some of the stuff we saw – you know, in the in the off season, hearing about what with Andrew Luck, what these yeah. injuries do to a guy mentally, you can kind of see that. In I Cam mean, you Newton. can you can see it's affecting him mentally. I mean, he's coming to a press conference with head scars on right. instead of hats. And well, that's kind of the thing, you know, for two or three years, and everybody got on him about, but yeah. he was this jovial, yeah. goofing around, wearing the crazy hats and dressing like Jimi Hendrix and yeah. having the time of his life. To he has just been so now he looks and, like. Aunt Martha yeah. at a family and, reunion. And he's just been, you know, ever since that Super Bowl loss, it's been up and down, and it's kind of been a steady last season and two games issued, churlish and un- angry, and just, yeah, something it mentally, physically, it, it might be done for Cam Newton, which is a shame because what a talent. Oh, no doubt about that. Throw out another stinky sock. I brought him up. I wasn't going to, but I brought him up. He deserved it so much. Ronald Jones. Oh, I mean, that was just pathetic. And, you know. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> that's just pathetic. Every time you say it, I think. It was. It, it is. It's just pathetic. But why there was some sort of, you know, RBBC, RBBC well, controversy. BBBBC. I don't understand it. Uh, He just looked terrible. He didn't see holes. He was slow getting to holes, missing blocks. Still can't pass protect, which is what kept him off the field last year. In the first place, right. And, you know, we were told that was the only reason if he improved that. Now I see him play his position, and he's horrific there. And, look, Peyton Barber isn't Jim Brown by by any stretch. No, but then again, Ronald Jones isn't Peyton Barber. Exactly. (laughs) You know, why isn't LaShawn McCoy in Tampa? Why isn't Duke Johnson in Tampa? I, yeah. I don't understand this. Exactly. It, what what Tampa thought the plan. You know, and Bruce Arians is a guy you'd think you know, knows how to build an offense. You'd think so. You know, maybe just Ronald Jones has been that much of a disappointment. Maybe, you know, we just need a couple more weeks of seasoning for your boy Dare Oogly Boogly, and then yeah, he's going to be the guy. But don't you see this know. from minicamp through training so. cramp through – Preseason. Yeah. I mean, and look, Dirk Cutter, I would understand this from. Bruce Arians, this stuns me. This yeah. Stuff. That's why I kind of rostered both of these guys where I could figure. And Bruce Arians, yeah. I don't see it, but I'm an idiot who can't even pronounce anybody's name who sits in front of a microphone. Bruce Arians is a guy I trusted, and he came right. back with this squad. All right, I'm going to roster these guys. I don't know which one because I don't see it from either of them, but one of these guys is going to be that dude. Right. And it, it isn't the case, and that's what really surprises me here. You and me both. Yeah, I'm guilty as charged too for for rostering uh, both of them. Thinking, well, okay, I got them both. Right. One, one, one I'm going to emerge, yeah. and there you go. One well, of them's going to be a low end top twenty four running back. You know, twenty to twenty four running back, and great, but especially right. at the price you got them. But turns out to be a ripoff. All right, Rick, you got anything else? Or are we can go home. Well, let's see. I have a rant. If you got time for it. Is it is it a rant if you declare it a rant before you do it? Yeah, or is it just something you wrote. See, because I, I wish everybody could see it. Piss me off for the first time since about 2011. <laughs> Rick Briggs 
It comes in with typed up show prep sheets. In the past, and I've probably called him for it on the air, I don't remember, he'll have in the pocket, in the breast pocket on his shirt, he'll pull out two wadded tissues and a (laughs) post-it note, and that's his show prep, and I watch him hold it up in the air and try to see it. Well, now all of a sudden, Rick's got all this fancy typed up prep. They they must have got a new typewriter (laughs) wherever he's working, and And so he's all excited, so everything's all structured and prepared, and it's very strange to me, very strange. and you look amazed that, I, that I'm prepared. I've never seen. Although, here's the here's the point, though. We'll, we'll give the full background. Rick is so unaccustomed to being prepared. <laughs> right before the mics went live, he had to walk out of the studio and back oh, to his yeah. car because he's so unaccustomed to being prepared, he didn't think to bring it in with him because he usually doesn't have anything to bring in but 12 beers. <laughs> well, yeah, you got to have priorities, right? <laughs> you know, on Twitter today, there was a question. All right. I like questions. And the question was, could today's Dolphins beat the 85 Bears? Could they beat the greatest show on turf? Could they beat those great 49er football teams? And I contended that they would lose to the 72 Dolphins. Now, it's true. You know, at, at face value, it, it's true. If you took those 72 Dolphins and brought them into 2019, okay, they'd probably get clocked. Right. Okay? Yeah. I mean, that's that's not really the point Size, of contention. Size, speed, right. Right. Not the point of contention. But then I got a reply tweet from some dweeb asking <laughs> if Tim Foley could cover Albert Wisp- Wilson, followed by a police. Okay? Now... <laughs> Police. Yeah. Now, okay, I'll tell you what. Let's take a scenario. Let's take Albert Wilson back to 1972. All five foot nine, 185 pounds, Albert Wilson. Okay. Against 6'2, 200 pound Tim Foley. And let's remember he's no, allowed to blow him up. There's no Mel Blunt rules, okay? <laughs> and you also you also have to remember that five foot nine Albert Wilson. Would have been born in about 1942 and not 1992, and he'd probably weigh about 170 to 75 pounds and trained on a farm, baling hay. (laughs) All right? So, I mean, these are the things that drive me nuts about it. It's the point. It's not – look, are today's athletes better players? It's not even debatable. Of course they are. Of course they are. But I I also contend – I mean, we see how great Adrian Peterson is. If you took Adrian Peterson back to the 60s, he would still be a fine ball right. player. yes. He's that type of guy. Okay? Yeah. If you brought Jim Brown to today, he, he would be a fine yeah. ball player because... Although all the draft Knicks would say, first of all, running backs don't matter, and can he catch the ball? <laughs> but right. once you turn around and hand him the ball, yeah, he'd be fine with today against today's right. athletes. Okay, now, if we bring the 72 Dolphins... To today, that means they're born in 1992, not 1942. Right. Okay. Now you have like guys like Larry Little, Bob Kuchenberg, and the rest of these guys. They would be a lot bigger and faster. Okay. Number one, people are just bigger, right? Right. Yeah. Number two, they trained a lot different now, so they build the muscle and they build for speed. They have computers and so forth. Not only that, the rules have changed in favor of the offense. Where you had to be a little lighter and on your feet because you could not use your hands at all. Right. You know, 50 years ago, whatever it was. So 
And then you have, do you think Paul Warfield's 20-plus yards per catch in 1972 would drop with today's no-touch rules? No, he might have 40. <laughs> That that's my point. This is this is what drives me nuts. Are is the seventy two Dolphins one of the greatest teams ever? No, you know. But I just hate when people try to compare like an era's best teams with an era's worse and say, well, these it's just so much better now. But nothing's the same, right? No, nothing's it, the same. You and know, all, a, all they're trying to do because you weren't around and you don't you remember it, everything. You yeah. you tear it down, you diminish it, you minimize the accomplishments of what these guys did at the time were the best in the world, right? And it, it drives me. And I tell you what, you bring Muhammad Ali to today, <laughs> he'd be undefeated, and there wouldn't be a guy to lay a glove well, on. Him. No, no. You know, and it's a shame people act like that because it's an interesting question. You know, when you look at today's Dolphins, you know, the greatest show on turf, Rams, would beat them. You know, it's recent enough. There was enough real talent there. Uh, Any team from the 70s, if you just pick them up and move them either today or even picked up today's Miami Dolphins and moved them to there, even with the rule differences, just so much more athletic, so strong. It was a completely different football game. Those 70s teams wouldn't even recognize what, you know, offensively, scheme-wise, even Ryan Fitzpatrick (laughs) is doing, right? You know, the 49ers are the ones where I'm sitting here scratching my chin thinking, boy, you you wonder. They're going to be so undersized and uh, speed, you know, so much less speed on defense. But boy, that offense, I mean, you might be able to pick up and put into any era what they did. It was so innovative what Bill Walsh did with that. That's the one kind of the matchup I'd like to see. Oh, no doubt. And that would be an interesting – but everything's in such con- – how would you like to take – I don't know, pick a quarterback. Drew Brees, not picking on Drew Brees, but, you know, little guy. Right. And have Dick Buckus plow into him. <laughs> Right. For four quarters, five steps after the ball yeah. has left his well, hands in full steam. I, in, you know, we have a picture of Buckus on the wall, and one of the guys at our draft says, he looks like a high school player. <laughs> That's because the p- pads were small. The guy was 6'3", 245 pounds. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's not huge, but if he's running full steam and you can twist heads and you can break arms and everything, <laughs> everything which they did back then, I, I, I would think... This is just it's why just millenn- a different game, it and this just- is just why millennials sting. You remember? I know it was a year or two ago. I had a very similar rant on the air where I got in a debate with somebody again on Twitter. Yeah, and remember, he actually said if it happened before I was born, I it doesn't it, count. Right. It, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Everything's so much better now. Everything that happened before is irrelevant. Right? All right. You know, he actually got me on that one. I actually, re- I think I remember saying I respected him for saying it. Look, he's an ass for having that opinion, yeah. but. All right, well, what's the point in continuing to argue? And he drew that line. All right, you win. Yeah. <laughs> you, I disagree, but you win. Yeah. So it, it, it's crazy. And the shame of it is those could be fun debates. The Eli Manning Hall of Fame right. could be and should be fun debates, but it's police. Yeah. Oh, come on. You're an idiot. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Advanced sabermetric air yards on Saturdays ending in oh, seven. Yeah. Oh, shut up. You and you s- know what? That, you brought up another 
another great air yards. I don't care about <laughs> air yards. You give me how many receiving yards Randy Moss got in a game. I don't care how many were through the air or how many were after the catch. If they let him start rolling it to him, I'm going to be all right with that, too. <laughs> yeah, I, it doesn't matter to me. All right, let, let's get out of here and get our blood all pressure right. down, Rick. Holy mackerel. Thanks so much for joining us. We will be back Friday night. Game picks, start sits, and your mailbag. Get that in, asylumfootball at gmail.com, at asylumfootball on Twitter. Check out everything else over at Fulltime Fantasy, fulltimefantasy.com, at fulltimefantasy. I need to calm down. Until next time, we'll see you. <laughs> you got to say it. I can't end the show till you Take say care. it. Take care. Thank God. Woo, that one hurts. Except that dweeb. <laughs>